This episode of Locked On Aggies is brought to you by BuiltBar.com. Built Bar, where a candy bar meets a protein bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and type in the promo code LOCKEDON to save $10 off your next purchase and win a free cooler while supplies last. That's promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off your next purchase at BuiltBar.com. It's the Locked On Aggies Podcast, presented by Locked On Podcast Network. Talking all things Texas A&M. Now, here's your host, Cole Thompson. Howdy, everybody, and welcome back into another episode of Locked On Aggies, presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. Cole Thompson here in the driver's seat, talking all things Texas A&M. And I know I mentioned earlier yesterday that we would be talking about the run game, what we can expect in 2020, but we have breaking news coming in today when this podcast has been recorded on Tuesday afternoon. And we have to discuss the implications that come with it. And mainly what I'm talking about is you have television rights and you have a player opting out for the 2020 season. Plus, we are starting our brand new series that comes with every podcast, our top 25 Aggies, counting down the 25 days until Texas A&M kicks off against Vanderbilt on September 26th at Kyle Field. We'll be doing two every Friday, two every Monday, three on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, so you're not going to want to miss that. But before we begin, make sure you subscribe on the podcast, on social media, at Mr. Cole Thompson. I am the host of the show, and I love public feedback. We are back to five shows a week, and the only way we can get better is with your support. So give me a follow and let me know what I need to work on. Let me know what you want to hear to only boost the show moving forward. And secondly, Locked on Aggies. Locked on Aggies is your number one source for all things Texas A&M related content. Make sure you subscribe on iTunes, subscribe on Spotify, and if you can't do any of that, listen live here on LockedOnPodcast.com. So, opt-outs. Let's talk about it for a second. We've seen some of the biggest names who are likely going to be NFL caliber talent going in the first round next season, next April, opt-out for the year. It started with Caleb Farley out of Virginia Tech, Micah Parsons from Penn State, possibly the top defensive player before the Big Ten decided to say, we're out, opted out for the rest of the year. Rondell Moore of Purdue, Rashad Bateman of Minnesota, kind of same thing followed. Not to mention, you also had Jamar Chase from LSU recently say he would not be playing in 2020. So, for Texas A&M, it actually kind of looks like a win who's looking to get their second victory all-time against the Tigers since joining the SEC in 2012. But, when you lose a top premier target, you're also now losing a top cover man to beat him, and that's where we come in today. According to reports, Elijah Blades, the former Juco corner who made an impact last year taking over alongside Miles Jones, will opt out this upcoming season. According to his Instagram, he said that he would not be playing in 2020. Uh, The exact quote on it was pretty straightforward. I have chosen not to opt out this season. I'll be back next season. The number two peace sign, deuces. So, basically, unlike you look at Chase, unlike you look at Parsons, unlike you look at Moore, unlike you look at Bateman, you will at least have... Blades coming back next season. He's only the second player for AM to opt out. The other player being James Foster, the former quarterback, who was expected to transfer, but then ended up not doing it. This is a loss in a way because of the Aggies secondary was one of their weaker points last year. Don't get me wrong. 
Of the cornerback positions, you have Devin Renfro, who is making the transition to safety at the next level. You have uh, Miles Jones, who did pretty well. I like Devin Morris as a nickel corner. And then you had Blades really stepping up before his injury that kept him out for the final two games of the season. Unfortunately, at the same time, this is a matchup that you really want because Blades has the exact size, speed, and versatility that fits a perfect Mike Elko defense and plus the talent level that you're going up against on a consistent level at the wide receiver position. Not just guys like Devonta Smith and Jalen Waddell, but Terrace Marshall Jr. and Seth Williams from Auburn. You will still see those guys. You would like to have a top-tier cover corner to be able to defend the pass. And while I do think Miles Jones has the size at six foot three to be able to be that next guy up mentality, Blades played better in coverage last year than Jones. Jones and for- Jones will be back because of seniority, but more importantly, Blades was the more consistent corner when on the field. He's more consistent than Renfro. He's more consistent than Jones. He was the size you wanted to play on the outside. And when you're running trips to one side or when you're running even just doubles, it allows Keldrick Carper to stay back in deep coverage because you know what you have on the outside. More importantly, this is a chance for younger talent or new recruits to really step up because Morris's size is not going to allow him to play anywhere else but the nickel spot. Plus, he does a really good job against the run there. And more importantly, this allows junior college transfer Brian George to step up as a more physically sized outside boundary corner, which was a concern for Blades last year, especially because of his injuries. More importantly... This allows five-star freshman safety Jalen Jones to really step up as the guy a lot of people were talking about. This was, besides Demond Demas, the top player people wanted to see for Texas A&M. And rightfully so. I mean, when you think about what he can bring to the table and what he did at Siebel of Steel, he is a talented safety who's going to make that transition because of his size fits better and what Jimbo Fisher wants on the outside to cornerback. And actually, he was a four-star safety who got the five-star ranking when he moved to the boundary position. This is a player who a lot of people were talking about as one of the highest graded cornerbacks in the nation. This was a name that a lot of people are thinking is going to make an immediate impact. And I wonder... When you look at Brian George and Jalen Jones, maybe you can move, I think, George into the nickel position if Morris gets hurt or if there's any problems there. Maybe you don't have to rush Jalen Jones out in the field because George is a guy who did make a lot of plays during his time in Kansas when he was at community college. And if Jones struggles, at least you have the other Jones to kind of step in. But Blades, in my opinion, was one of the best defensive backs A&M has seen in quite some time, especially in the Jimbo Fisher era. You know, he graded out as the number four Juco player in 2019. He was a four-star recruit. Um, You know, he committed to Florida originally. Then he went to Arizona Western uh, Junior College. And then he played with Texas A&M last year. Again, he did have injuries and he wasn't the most reliable when it came to health. But you gotta look at the programs he got offers from. Alabama, A&M, USC, Florida, LSU, Texas, they've all at one point done a fantastic job at creating defensive back talent at the next level, 
A&M has probably been the weakest of them, but A&M is slowly turning into that, I think, right now. Last season, he finished with 19 tackles, 1.5 sacks, 3 passes defended. He's going to come back, but unfortunately for him, because he is choosing to opt out, maybe this isn't the right fit for him. So I'm not saying Elijah Blades is done at A&M. Because if I don't think you can say that, especially with Miles Jones going into his senior year, you don't know how Brian George is going to play, you don't know what Jalen Jones is going to be like, he could come back next season, because he still has a year of eligibility, and be a productive player. But there's no guarantees that he's going to be a consistent starter like he was by mid-season of last year. It's a big loss for Texas A&M. However, if Jones or George... Two brand new players can really step up and make an impact immediately for this Aggies defense. It will be like they did not lose a single step going into the 2020 season. Speaking of the 2020 season, CBS Sports recently came out with their schedule where Brad Nessler and Gary Danielson will be coming each and every weekend, and AM did make the list. Where is that? We'll be breaking that down in just a quick moment. This episode of Locked on Aggies is brought to you by Built Bar. Guys, if you don't know what Built Bar is just yet, I'm telling you, you have to start trying it because it is a nutritional snack that will help you get through your day. We all have those moments where we're just a little dehydrated, maybe a little depleted of energy, and this is the perfect substitute for something like a salty bag of chips or even a candy bar because they actually taste a lot like candy bars made with real 100% milk chocolate. Plus, if you've tried Built Bar, they've added six new awesome flavors to go along with their 12 original flavors. Now you can try caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry bakia, or lemon almond cheesecake. For someone who is a health conscious nut, I love this bar because it helps me maintain my weight. Plus, it's a great keto deal filled with low calorie, high protein, high fiber. My recent new favorite flavor is the cookies and cream. They have 17 grams of protein, 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 grams of net carbs. You're not going to find a product like this anywhere else out on the shelves. Plus, with their new relaunch deal, you can have a chance to win a free cooler from BuiltBar.com. Go to BuiltBar.com and type in the promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get $10 off your next order plus a chance to get a free cooler with your purchase while supplies last. Use the promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off at BuiltBar.com. So stop snacking on those salty sweets and go for something that's a nutritious treat. BuiltBar.com is definitely the bar for you. Locked On Aggies, presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. Cole Thompson here in the driver's seat talking all things Texas A&M. Guys, if you love podcasts and you love your favorite sports team, Locked On Podcast Network is the place for you. We have over two dozen college sports shows every single day, plus every team covered in the NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL, and highlight information to get you ready for your NFL fantasy sports draft. Subscribe on iTunes, listen on Spotify, and if you can't do any of that, listen live on LockedOnPodcast.com. So, Texas A&M is a big-time program, and with teams opting out this year, their rankings are only going to get a little higher. So, naturally, when you see a big-time matchup in the SEC, CBS is likely going to be considering you as a location to go. And in the second weekend of the college football season, October 3rd, we will get a chance to see Texas A&M take on the likes of Alabama. I think when you really look at the list of games that could have been played that week, it was likely always going to be Alabama. I mean, let's go through the week two schedule. You have South Carolina, Florida, 
That's going to be kind of a snooze fest going into this year, unless South Carolina has a breakout game. I think Missouri-Tennessee, both these teams are very unproven. Ole Miss-Kentucky, very similar situation. You want to see Terry Wilson come back and take the place of Lynn Bowden Jr. Auburn-Georgia, this would have been a really fun game, and this is usually a game that is played on CBS, but same time, it's really a marketable game. I mean, this is one of those games that people talk about all the time. The Ricardo Lewis catch, the bobble catch, is still one of the most iconic plays in Auburn history, and that was including a week later when Chris Davis got the kick six. That's going to be on ESPN at 7.30 Eastern. LSU Vanderbilt, snooze fest on both sides, to be completely honest. Now with Jamar Chase out, and Arkansas Mississippi State, 7.30 kickoff. You hope you hope that KJ Costello is going to be good. You hope that Felipe Franks maybe finds it out with Sam Pittman. Very unproven game. So it's, again, it's not a rivalry, I would say, for Texas A&M and Alabama, but it slowly could be. These are two teams that have a past because of A&M in 2012 when they marched into Bryant-Denny Stadium and got that 29-24 victory. These are two coaches who have worked together in the past and have the utmost respect for each other in Jimbo Fisher and Nick Saban. This is a team that is always considered the favorites to win the SEC West. And this is another team that looks to be potentially the LSU of 2020. When you go back and look at LSU last year, the reason they were so talented and they were able to go into Brian Denny is because of they had so much talent returning from that 2018 roster. Joe Burrow came back. You had Justin Jefferson come back. You had Thaddeus Moss come back. It was a it was a building year in 2018. 2019 was the year it all came together. And with the veteran talent, they were able to defeat the likes of Tua Tagovailoa and Saban in their own backyard. This could be the case for Texas A&M. So naturally, why would this not be on national television? Kickoff will be at 2.30 in Bryant-Denny Stadium. And this should be a game that is, I would say, maybe Alabama is favored. I'll give them that. Alabama is likely going to be favored because it is a home game no matter what. And fans are going to be in the stands. Minimal fans, but there will be fans in the stands. I wonder, though, how much of an impact that's going to have on the actual game and how high Vegas is going to give the odds in the plus side for Alabama. I don't think it's going to be as high as a lot of people think. I would say it's under 11. Again, I think that this could be a chance for a to really prove themselves as a contender, even if they lose this game. And this is their only loss on the year. So they finish 9-1 and in SEC play. If it's a close game and they beat the spread, and Seth Small is consistent with the kicking, and Kellen Mond is great in the red zone, and the defense steps up, I think that AM will gain some respect from SEC voters, and more importantly from the AP voters, to where they're going to be starting the year off more than likely unless we see an upset in week one coming into this game just outside the top 10. Maybe they don't move that much. They'll likely be anywhere between 11 and 13. They lose. They move to, I don't know, let's say 15. Two spots down, they can easily come back and regain speed on that. Or they win this game. And they jump all the way up into the top six, which would then lead to a top 10 matchup between the likes of Florida and AM the following weekend. More importantly, this is not the only game 
Texas A&M could play on CBS. They haven't announced several games. According to reports, going into the year, they still have several free weekends available. Now, October 10th is the CBS game of the week. We have no idea what that could be. That could be Florida versus A&M. The only reason I don't think it would would be because if you have three straight weeks of the same team on, at least one team, because you have Texas A&M versus Alabama on October 3rd, you would then have A&M versus Florida on October 10th, and then you would have Georgia versus Alabama, which of course is going to be the game everyone's going to want to watch on October 17th. That'd be the only reason I would say it's not that. However, when you look at the SEC game of the week, that could it also be there's not really a great matchup in week three outside of Florida versus A&M, except I would say maybe if Tennessee starts off really, really, really hot. I mean, we're talking smoking hot. They'd be in consideration. Maybe Mike Leach versus my, uh, Mark Stoops would be a fun matchup. Overall, I think the best matchup going into the week would be Florida versus AM. And if the Aggies can get a close loss or a victory over the Crimson Tide, they definitely are going to be in the driver's seat going to get this game for the game of the week in back-to-back weeks. They'd be on national television. And guess what? When you're on national television, people pay attention. There's fr- fans all across the country, especially in the SEC, who will be tuning in every single time at 2.30 to watch whatever SEC teams are playing. That only boosts AM's schedule. That only boosts AM's credibility. That only boosts the Aggies' chances to represent the SEC down in the college football playoff if it is continued to be played at some point this year. We're starting a new series here on Locked on Aggies that will close out the show every single week. The top 25 Aggies to watch for in 2020. How important their role will be. We have the number 25 player coming into today's podcast. Who's it going to be? Don't go anywhere. We'll be breaking down who in just a quick moment. Locked on Aggies presented by the Locked on Podcast Network. Cole Thompson here in the driver's seat talking all things Texas A&M. Guys, make sure you're subscribed to the podcast on iTunes, Spotify. Follow us on social media at Mr. Cole Thompson and Locked on Aggies. And if you can't do any of that, at least listen live every single day. Every single day is a Locked on Podcast day here on LockedOnPodcast.com. Before we dive into our number 25 player to watch for the 2020 season for the Aggies, we also have to really quickly announce that A&M released several games of their schedule this upcoming year with the Times. Not all, but several. That's because of the SEC Network and ESPN decided to come out with them. So, naturally we know Alabama versus A&M in Week 2 will be on at 2.30 CBS, but Week 1 Vanderbilt will be taking on the Aggies at home in Kyle Field. That game will be at 6.30 on the SEC Network alternate channel. So that does not mean it's going to be on SEC Network. In fact, the game that's going to be on SEC Network at that same time would be Tennessee at South Carolina. Week 5, yeah, Week 5, 6.30, SEC Network at home against Arkansas. Week 6, it's either going to be on ESPN or SEC Network. The Gamecocks will be taking on a and hosting them in Columbia. That game is a kickoff time at 6.30. So Florida, Mississippi State, Tennessee, Ole Miss, LSU, and Auburn all could be decided, and maybe one of them could be on the CBS Game of the Week. In fact, all three options in the last three games of the month, so that would be Auburn, LSU, and Ole Miss, all could be the SEC Game of the Week because those games have not been announced just yet. 
We're starting a brand new series here on Lockdown Aggies. Every single day, we will be featuring one of the top 25 players I believe will need to have an impact this upcoming season for AM to be successful. On Mondays and on Fridays, we will be doing two players so we can continue this. We are in the 25-day countdown until AM kicks off against Vanderbilt, so we got to make sure we get every single day covered. So, number 25. And this is going to be a little surprising to people because I think a lot of people know he's not going to play a lot, but he has to be on this list in my opinion. And that's Haynes King. Now, again, King might not suit up for a single snap this upcoming year. And that's totally fine because if, if he doesn't, that just means that Kellen Mond has either stayed healthy the entire year or more importantly, he's just too dang good to take out. And that's okay. But what happens... If anything happens to Kellen Mond, anything, well, you got to start looking at the future of the position. And that's why King might be the name to watch for. That's why he's on this list at 25. The excitement about a player with King's potential going into College Station. More importantly, he joined the staff early. He moved into College Station back in January. So he was on campus in January, learning under the QB guru, Jimbo Fisher. He got time to practice with the likes of Mond. He has time to look at what the offense is going to look like in a Jimbo Fisher-style play calling. He's had a chance to build a repertoire with the receivers. This is a kid that a lot of people are considering. One of the best high school quarterbacks to ever come out of the state of Texas since Kyler Murray. And everyone knows what happened with Kyler Murray. That situation is always going to be a sore subject for anyone who represents the 12th man. Because of what could have been if Kyler Murray would have been given the reins over Kyle Allen for the rest of the year. And more importantly, what could have been if they just followed protocol like we saw Nick Saban do with a guy like Tua Tagovailoa. Maybe, just maybe... A&M has their third Heisman winner. And if not, maybe they're at least a college football playoff contender. Because that's what Murray did for the Sooners before he was the number one overall pick. That's not the point of this conversation. Because, long story short, Murray's not here. King is. That's how successful he was at Longview High. A lot of people talk about Kyler Murray's success rate at Allen. King is right up there at Longview. He consistently was a number one pocket-passing dual-threat target coming into the country. In fact, he graded out at ESPN's number three dual-threat quarterback of the country. He was unanimous four-star recruit by 24-7 Sports. He was the number five prospect in the state, I mean, at the quarterback position, 19th overall player in the state of Texas. And he could have gone anywhere. He could have gone to Auburn, Arkansas, LSU, Miami, Ole Miss, Oregon, Tennessee, TCU, Texas, before he decided on coming to Aggieland. If the future needs to come now, I like what AM has a quarterback right now, Eli Sowers, what they have with Zach Calzada. I get all that. But to me, King is the future. This is where you get a do-over with Kyler Murray. You, if, if King, if Mond is out on the year, Calzada could have taken that step last year. He didn't really look the part. 
even in games against Texas State, even in games against UTSA. He just didn't look it. If King is the future of the program, let the future come now. And even if you struggle a little bit, maybe you don't go to the college football playoff this year. Maybe you finish 8-2. and two. But if he's the real deal, he's going to connect with the receivers. Young receivers. Like Demas. Like Muhammad. Like Wright. Like Chapman. Like Weidemeyer. Like Cup. That's your building block on the offense moving forward. And if he's a dual threat quarterback, that offensive line even if it does struggle at times, is not going to be that big of a problem because if you have a guy who knows how to move inside the pocket, knows how to extend plays on the outside, and likely can build a balance of staying low, avoiding the sack, stepping up and making the throw downfield. I think King should not play a single snap this year if possible. Redshirt him. What's the problem redshirting him? But he's on this list at number 25 because if anything happens to Kellen Mond, the season may be over in the sense of going to the college football playoff, but you have to look for the future. And if King's that future, you got to start him. And you have to see what you have, what you need to work on going into year two, and more importantly, what he can bring if he is the legitimate factor as the next Kyler Murray. That's going to do it for this edition of Locked on Aggies. Make sure you're subscribed to the podcast here at Locked on Aggies and at Mr. Cole Thompson. Subscribe on iTunes and Spotify. Now, tomorrow, we will be talking about Anaya Smith and Isaiah Spiller's comments. The news today just got a little bit stronger, so we had to focus on that. We'll see you then. And remember, again, y'all, this has been Locked on Aggies, presented by the Locked on Podcast Network.